Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show with more cheap shots than a student night out at Weatherspoons. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, the man who saw his team get battered by the Granata, and I'm joined by my cousin Marco, who took the fall to Sudtirol. Marco, how are you doing? Well, you've alluded to it there. Not great. Uh, no, me, me neither. Yeah. Me neither. It's not been a good. It's not been a good weekend. But before we get to the doom and gloom around our respective teams, we're recording on Sunday night. We've just watched a, a humdinger between Atalanta and Juventus at the Alliance Stadium or whatever it's called. Whatever it's called. Now, obviously, before that game, though, big events during the week with Juventus deducted fifteen points for their plus Valencia scandal and various other things as well. I mean, we'll get into that too. As but let's first of all the game. I mean, an absolute cracker, which is something of a surprise. We've we've stuck the boot into Juve for being dull as ditch water at, at times, but it was actually a thoroughly entertaining game. Well, yeah, I think. Massively helped, I think, by the fact that Atalanta scored so early in both halves that it kind of forced Juve to to come out and start playing some attacking football. And it was, it was a great game. Um, End-to-end stuff, either team could have won at the end. And, uh, yeah, massively entertaining for a Sunday evening, which, you know, percentage-wise, I think these, for Serie A, Sunday night games must be very high in terms of being good value for money, they do definitely. I mean that. I mean, but good value for money, Atalanta. That's. I think it's twenty three goals in their last three games. Yeah. I think between between the eight two of Salernitana and obviously the cup. I think they won five two and a three three tonight. I mean, they're just. Uh, they seem to have lost their way a bit, but they're right back to they're right back to their best in terms of entertainment, in terms of goal scoring, and Ademola Lukman that just looks almost unplayable. I thought Jeremy Boga was pretty good and, and fizzled out as well. And, and the boy that they found to play up front, Hoyland as well, gave Bremer a hard time. Yeah. It's really quite an exciting attacking group they've got. No, definitely. I mean, I think maybe it just takes... It takes time, I suppose, for a manager like Gasparini, who is all about systems and stuff, for players to to new players to fit into that and for him to work out which players are based in in that system and I think we saw that at the start of the season they didn't start so well but and towards the end of last season as well but um no they've they've been great and they're obviously on form and I don't think anyone in in Serie A would relish playing them right now yeah and and from a Juventus point of view I thought they were I thought they were quite stop and start in that when they got ahead I think they were desperate to kind of kill the game and play yeah. on the break. And yet they, they they didn't have that luxury because Atalanta scored two goals in the early in the second half to turn the game on its head. They do look still to me a team that's happier that way, playing on the break. They've got the they've got the pace. Um, but I mean a lovely goal from Milik that the, the move yeah. down the wing, Di Maria to to my man Fajoli and then the, the lovely cross to, to Milik. It was a it was a cracking goal which We've said this a hundred times, but it is frustrating when you see the football they are capable of. You think if only they would go for it more often, yep. then you know they could provide they could provide that I mean, entertainment. Their third goal, I thought it wasn't a free kick. Locatelli seemed to kick uh, Palomino and, and then fell down. 
rather uh, yeah, than the other way around. But. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah, there was some some dubiety about that, right enough. It did it did look a bit. I mean, it's so difficult, I think, for a referee in Serie A. There were so many occasions where players go down, and you you watch the replay and the contacts minimal and. He had a hard job, and I, I guess yeah, that was a key a key moment there to to give that to give that free kick. Equally, I mean, Juve thought they should have had a penalty before they got their their penalty as well. So you know, I I, I don't know. They probably balanced up over the game. I thought a draw was probably yeah. about about a fair result on on balance. And you know, that as I said, it's it's obviously all the more frustrating for Juventus though because from being you know up challenging. Certainly, the top end of the table, the Champions League. We had this sentence came out during the week to deduct them fifteen points for the for the plus Valencia for these extra added value that goes on to to players. And I mean, I'm not going to get into the the um, kind of accounting minutiae of this because I mean, in the end, plus Valencia really, you know, in some ways, just good business. You get a player, you sell them for more money. That. In, in theory, as well, it's when these prices are inflated to help to help your um, accounts, and obviously hammered the club, hammered the people that were involved at the club. Now I've seen a lot of um, gripes from Juventus fans saying, "You know why us and not everybody else?" But it, it strikes me a bit like you know it's, that's the same attitude that Italians always had to tax returns yeah, as well. Exactly. It's like you know, it's like why, why instead of seeing you know, hands up. Okay, I did it. Um, you know, th- 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 I'll take the I'll take the rap. You know, I'd, we we did inflate these prices, and I think we've said before on the podcast. It's amazing that it's taken this long for because there were so many transfers that looked so bizarre in terms of valuations that it's taken this time to reach this verdict so, is is quite something. So I think. Uh, yeah, a bit. I've been reading about it, trying to get my head around it, because obviously all clubs, there is a question mark whether a lot of clubs in Italy and out of Italy do this, and they'll overvalue their youth players, and when they're doing transfers that involve them and stuff, to to try and show these sort of gains on their on their balance sheet. But my understanding is that you know there was a case against Juve and Napoli were involved, and various other ones that were dropped was dropped last year, and then. Um, the one against Juve has been revived because they have more evidence. Because uh, the, the difficulty with these cases is always how do you value a footballer really? And it's difficult. You, you know, I, I can see from a legal standpoint how th- there's no straight method of saying what is a player worth. You know, okay, he's gone to that club, he's not playing, but does that mean his value has gone down or what, he wasn't worth it before, etc., etc.? But they seem to have, or that certainly it's been talked about that they've got, you know, recordings of them basically acknowledging that they're doing this. They've got a little black book from Paratici. Uh, they've got, um, you know, so the, there seems to be more evidence. So that's why they're going after Juve. Now, if they have the evidence against other clubs, I'm sure they'll go after them as well. But, you know, Juve seem to have been caught doing it. And that's the problem. And, I mean, I think the other thing is that, Juve, I mean, if we wanted to compare it to speeding in your car, Juve were on like a Ferrari down the A1 in broad daylight. Other other teams are maybe more like driving your appy a few miles over the limit yeah. um, on a country road or whatever. So, you know, you're more likely to get caught. But as I say, what's, what's 
irked me a little has been the there have been some who I think the fans notably have said um, some of the big supporters groups say you bought shame on the on the club you know but I think it was the blatant way that it was done and as you say that you know that they've been able to compile a pretty compelling dossier of evidence it'd be in Italy of course there will be an appeal oh, yeah. although it, it seems that that's unlikely to remove the points deduction but it, it also obviously brings in with it questions of you know I, I don't doubt I mean I'd, I'd be fairly confident if I was a Juventus fan that they could make up the ground and still finish in a European place by the end of the season but there seem to be question marks over whether they would be allowed to do that anyway you know, the question marks over financial fair play and obviously that has a big big repercussions for the club if if you know if that is the case yeah definitely and you know it, will they be able to keep players and all of this sort of stuff it, it's a huge impact and you know i'm not in any way justifying what they're doing here but i think the way Europe-wide that this financial fair play has been implemented is completely inconsistent and un, you know, opaque in terms of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Now, I think maybe what's happened at UV is that they've sort of thought, well, this is a way that we can try and balance our books and still stay within this FFP. Whereas you had Man City who breached it but still got away with it they, you know they, they they got away with it with the slap in the hand you know so so i, I think that the, the the theory behind financial fair play is a good one but i i just don't think it it works in practice and it can lead to things like this unfortunately it, it, it leads to things like this and it also makes it, it it can make football a bit of a closed shop to to new owners i, I yeah. put my i put my rocco comiso hat on here and see you know i come in i've got money to spend i want to spend it on my team but i'm not allowed to because they don't have the revenue to back it up and i get i mean as a fiorentina fan i couldn't fail to get what they're trying to avoid which is idiots spending money they don't have and nearly destroying a football team which I've lived through um, but at the same time if there is somebody there a sugar daddy that wants to spend the money it does seem that if you've got the right accountant or you know if you've got the right um, friends in high places or whatever you can mm. bend twist the rules and, and then so as I say not to not to justify what you would and it, it does you know, I looked at there were a string of transfers of you know of debatable value. Just to, maybe I'm just jealous that they didn't come in for me and you and overvalue us a couple of million each. I'd have happily settled for settled for a slice of that. But you know, it's a big, big impact on the league, and it's obviously now opened up another European place, really potentially for a, for a, a another team to take advantage of. I was hoping this weekend that team would be Fiorentina, but of course Fiorentina managed to do the almost unthinkable and lose to Torino at home, which I don't think they'd done since about 1976 or something. It was one of the longest standing um, home home records. I've got pals that are Toro fans that were saying, please, you know, let us win one. They actually meet again in the Coppa Italia, so, you know, I was willing to bargain away because Serie A seemed a forlorn hope anyway of doing anything. So if we could win in the Copa and get through to, you know, potentially a not too difficult semi-final with, I think, is the winners of Roma against Cremonese, then I'd take that. But it was another, 
dreary Fiorentina performs. Really, it sucks the life out of you just now. The, especially the first half in Torino, I think deserved the lead. It's good, nice goal. Um, Miranchuk uh, strike. You know, it, it, they they were more than deserving of the lead. Fiorentina tried their usual reaction in the second half and had chances, had possession, had shots, but. It's just there's so little cutting edge in the team. It's it's they're terrible to watch at the moment, and I, I genuinely don't know. You know, th- th- there must be question marks over Vincenzo Italiano. I don't think he carries the can for everything because you know transfers haven't been great. The acquisitions haven't really slotted in well. But you know, I think there is time ticking, and I, I suspect that the club will give him. As I say, this upcoming Coppa Italia game and and maybe the the Conference League games because they've actually been refreshingly they've been a bit better in in the Conference League and actually scored goals. But it's just they're like sort of they're like Napoli but without the cutting edge. You know they they keep yeah. a lot of the ball. I think they are second in possession terms, but it's just it's pure sterile possession a lot of the time. I mean, did you, I don't know if you saw much of the game, Argod, but you know. Is that would you concur with that view of how the viola have been played? Yeah, before? and you do sometimes see teams like that. That you know, the 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 idea is to have a sort of possession based, almost tiki taka type play. But if you don't have the cutting edge, if you can't create the chances and finish them, then it is the easy. You know, it becomes easy for teams to play against you in a way, and it is massively frustrating. So, I mean, I suppose the only question I would ask you is who. If they get rid of Italiano, who is there to come in that is going to massively improve it? Well, that's that's the thing is that you know I mean that's why I'd be loath to get rid of him really at this stage because I don't see any big names waiting in the wings. If it was Carlo Ancelotti that was coming in, that'd be one thing. But when you see you know what's what's kicking around out there, you think well you know probably not. You know stick with stick with him because. There is still the potential that it clicks, I think. It needs something, though. It needs a spark in maybe getting Sotil back, maybe getting, you know, Gonzalez fully fit. I, I genuinely don't know, but they, they lack a... There's a lot of talk of bringing in a striker. I wish they could bring in Hoyland from Atalanta, mm-hmm. somebody of that ilk, just to lead the line properly, because we've never managed that. Obviously, we had Vlaovic sold him for big money, he may be sold again for big money to help save Juventus, I don't know. But we've been stuck with Jovic and Cabral, neither of whom has convinced Christian Kwame has been tried up front. I think that's the big thing, really, is that kind of outlet for all the possession. You you need a player that can stick it in the net, yeah. and I, I don't know. But again, that's another one where the, the options that I've heard mentioned have been quite underwhelming really Andrea Bellotti Andrea Pitania you know not, it's not exactly they're not exactly earth shattering names to think that they're going to come in and suddenly score 20 goals in the, in the second half of the season but I, I mean a miserable weekend for me and a grim one for you as well we've, we've well, spoken I was going to say if you yeah Venezia say hold my beer as they, as they <laughs> yeah, say, because, yes, yes. because we managed to play I don't know 90 eight minutes against Sutiro, a team that were promoted from uh, Lega Pro last season and managed zero shots on target uh, in the whole game. I think I did see that. I stat. think the stat was I think we maybe had four shots in the whole game, but none of them I think the only real shot we had was Poyan Palo in the ninety fifth minute did a volley. But um 
yeah, abysmal. Which is disappointing because against Genoa on Monday night, although we lost that game, we really matched them blow for blow and, you know, could have easily won that game. Certainly deserved a point, but ended up losing it to, to a late goal. But, yeah, there was just no... No, out, again, no outlet. We just can't create anything, and I think that's a massive issue for us. Um, if we don't, we've missed Aramu, who can be a mercurial player, but he was creative. He was unpredictable. He could beat a man. He could play a good cross or a good pass, and we don't have anyone like that in the team anymore. And we're so predictable. Teams know how to sit in, and Sudtirol especially are quite a compact sit there and try and hit you on the break team. And they did it well, and we had zero idea about how to break them down. So, yeah, um, pretty depressing. I mean, because it's Serie B, although we're still in the bottom three, a couple of wins will take you back up to 10th place almost. So all is not lost by any means. And actually, the games we've got coming up in the next couple of weeks are very, very big games from that point of view. So we'll need to wait and see if if we do that, but I do worry slightly that the Vanoli effect, the new manager, has has worn off. Yeah, because I mean, the, the, when we've spoken in the past, you said that you've compared them with Antonio Conte and his intensity mm. or whatever, but as that's obviously didn't transmit to his team in in that game. And I mean, and hats off to Sudtirol oh, yeah. for you know for they're flying high in in Serie B at the moment. So I mean, that's as you say, it shows you though that you know. An organised, well-drilled team with just an idea of how they want to play, be it a pretty simple idea of how they want to play, and everybody buying into it, it is a great thing. And if you you know, it can have all the great tactical plans you want. Yeah, but if you don't have players that execute them, it's no, it's no use whatsoever. But I also think they, them coming up in Barry have obviously done the same as them. You know, in terms of doing brilliantly this season, and I think. The difference is that they've got a group of players that's largely the same group of players with some, you know, embellishments from last season, who had won, you know, who got promoted, and so they were on a high, and they've they've managed to continue that. We unfortunately have got the same group of players that couldn't score a goal in Serie A for the second half of the season, and and that's continued in Serie B as well. So you know, we would definitely have been better, sort of. You know, wiping the wiping the 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 slate clean and effectively buying a new team because I think we'd be in a different position if we had. But mm-hmm. we've still got good players there. But I think they're. I'm just worried that they'll soon start to think, well, what's the point? I'm, I'll be out of here soon, um, and then at that point, we're we're done for. Desert a sinking gondola. That's exactly. what happens there. That's what happens there. Well, I wanted to finish off, Marco, well, slightly differently, and and a couple of young players in Italy that have been in the news this week. One in good and one in bad. Um, Wilfried Nyonto scored an absolute wonder goal for Leeds United in the cup. Um, earned comparisons with Paolo Di Canio's volley, and and probably brought a little tear to the eye of Serie A fans that seen him play in England. And the flip side of that, Nicolo Zagnolo at Roma and apparently making himself unavailable for selection and agitating for, for a move away. I mean, what what do you think of those two of those two young players, the future of Italy, the pair of them? Yeah, I mean Yonto the ever you know, I didn't know about him until Mancini 
called him up for those Nations League games, but you immediately thought, God, this this boy is a player. And you saw the impact that he had. And to be honest, that's why I was so disappointed that a Serie A team didn't spend four million euros or four million pounds or gamble, which it wasn't even a big gamble to, to bring him to Italy. It seemed mad to me. Um when you look at the mediocre players that so many of the clubs have bought this in the last transfer window. But, you know, great that he's doing well. He's he's forced his way into that Leeds team because Marsh, the manager, thought he was a youth player for development. Um, and he's now, you know, probably been their best player since since the Christmas break. So, um, yeah, great. And I hope he continues. And obviously he's going to be worth a hell of a lot more than, than four million now. On Zaniolo... He's never been a player that has impressed me, I have to say. It's always be, he's been one of these players that the media have hyped up massively. And I've never seen him do anything that makes me think, oh, he's a special player. You know, almost the opposite to Nyonto when you see him play. Um, yeah, he scored, he scored the winner for Roma in the Conference League final and stuff. But he's always seemed, yeah, he definitely thinks he's better than he is. And you can see that by his attitude uh, at Roma. I I don't know where he thinks he's going to go. He'll probably get a transfer somewhere. But I don't think, you know, if he came to England that he would have some sort of great impact. I don't, I just don't think, unfortunately, he is the the great player that, that many seem to tout him as. Yeah, it's difficult to, it's difficult to know, you know, you, you can't know a person when they're a footballer on the television. You get only snippets. But I think now... With social media and the likes, and we do get some more insight into what people are like, and and the the buzz from Nyonto is just such a enthusiastic guy about his who loves his football, and the buzz that goes around Ellen Road whenever he gets the ball is is yeah. palpable through your through your television. You can feel that. I mean, I, I, it reminds me of when Ted McMinn used to get the ball for Queen of the South when I was a young. Glad at Palmerston Park. That will that will have the listeners um, <laughs> scrambling through, googling who the hell was Ted McFinn. And, um, but you know they're, they're just players that are unpredictable, exciting to what and he he gives that and just has a great attitude yeah. to the game. Whereas Zaniolo, I, I mean, I'm not quite as down on him as you are. I have seen him have games where I think he has been hugely influential. He's got a good physique and technique as well. He can influence the game but it's more the attitude that just seems to st- he's always the hands are always thrown up in the air they're always he's always looking for free kicks and and you know I think hey, if he comes to England he'll get even less of those decisions yeah. than he does in Italy you know I mean if you think you don't get the soft free kicks when you're when you're tapped on the ankle in Serie A wait till you come to the to the Premiership so I hope the penny drops for him, and I hope that because you know, for Italy's sake, we don't have that many world-beating talents. If he could be one, that would be that would be fantastic. But I saw people saying, you know, Roma fans in particular, you end up another Balotelli is how they describe him. But he's but he hasn't not even hit the same league. No, as he's not even hit the heights. No. He's not even hit the heights of Balotelli, though. That's the that's the thing. And Balotelli took Italy to the brink of a, of a Euro Nations, you know. So he's still got. A lot. I mean, still young. Yeah. He, uh, the the pain he can drop and he can do 
great things. But just when you see these sort of, there's a lot of other off the pitch shenanigans yeah. as well that I don't think's helped his career. But you know, it just it feels like two sides of a coin there. Really, that that Nyonto seems to have his head screwed on and seems to have the right attitude. And I saw him saying, you know. I don't really want to come to Serie A. I'm, I'm loving, mm. I'm loving the Premier, and I think you know, I, I took the move, kind of to show to Italy what he can do and and to get a place in the national team. And I hope that you know, I hope that's rewarded. I, yeah. I, I don't wish any ill to Zaniolo, but just the the omens, the omens don't look great at the moment. Just that that kind of posturing off the pitch to get a to get a move if that is indeed what's happened then you know eventually you run out of clubs that are willing to put up with that really you know and as I say his talent he hasn't shown enough of it to me to think that you're you know you're such a great talent that there's going to be clubs queuing up for you maybe this time but you know then if you do it again the next time they're just going to say oh, look you know it's yeah. not worth it it's not worth the bother and you resurface back and back at a lower team in, in Serie and you know never realising what what your career might might potentially do but here's hoping that as I say that something clicks and he and he gets his brains now, gets his now brains that I've, sorted. I've said I'm not impressed with him I'm sure he'll he'll go on to be like the the best player in England in the second half of the season uh, yeah 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 well I mean as I say hats off to him if he does I mean one uh, if there's any English clubs thinking of him I think they're all taking a risk if they if they do you know the reward could be high but it'd certainly be a risk but I'd be interested to see how it all plays out and how it all plays out in Rome but anyway I think we've probably blathered on enough about the culture for the week Marco's always a pleasure chatting to you even in even in these well, somber, somber times, in somber pretty, times, pretty, yeah, typical. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is. It is really. It is really. You know, as I say, we've had a few weeks. I mean, I was just thinking. You know, Juventus deducted fifteen points. Could be a great week, but it turned out turned out to be a stinker. So I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't celebrate too loudly that that eventuality because um, certainly Fiorentina and Venezia brought us back down to earth with a bump. But thanks as always to everyone for listening. And you know, if you can share and let other people know. That's that's even better, and um, we'll be back next week with another episode. We will indeed.